What is up everyone, Dalton here. Before we hop into this episode, I just have a couple quick announcements. First off, thank you for tuning in. The support on the podcast so far has been amazing. We're super excited about the community that we're building here with Move Local. So we cannot wait to continue to grow and meet more amazing people. If you guys aren't following us on Instagram, head over there and follow us, move.local as well as sign up for our newsletter if you want to make sure that you don't miss out on any new releases of episodes, of merchandise, of exciting news that we have coming up for the Move Local community. Head over there, sign up so you do not miss out. You can find that in the bio on Instagram or in the show notes below of this episode. And then lastly, guys, if you've liked or took value from any one of our episodes so far, please head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you consume your podcast, subscribe to Move Local, and drop us a review and a rating. It really helps our podcast grow. It helps us get good feedback from you guys, what you want to hear more of, what you want us to improve on, so that we can continue to provide you with the best content possible and grow this amazing community. That is all I have for today. Enjoy this episode of Move Local. Welcome to the Move Local podcast. Our mission is to connect the movers and shakers of the Duntas and Hamilton area who pride themselves on growing a healthier and more connected community. We will do this through having conversations around health, education, entrepreneurship, and much more. We want to be part of helping you move confident, move free, and move local. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Move Local podcast brought to you by The Movement. My name is Dalton, and not alongside me today are my co-hosts, Don and Will. They are off doing, I like to say, God's work when they're not around, but uh, I'm sure they're having some fun. But I'm excited to dive into another episode here this week. I have Alex on the show. She's from Kitchen Island. I'm stoked to talk to her. She does a lot of baking, she does a lot of cooking, and I'm excited to learn more about what she does over at Kitchen Island. So Alex, welcome to the show. Hi, hi. Thank you for having me. How uh, How's the day been before we dive into this? Um, it was a chill day, I must say. I usually, um, Friday, it's my first day of prepping at Kitchen, but I was able to schedule myself out of the schedule, if you can say that. Um, yeah, so it's pretty pretty easy day for me so far so i'm all ready to dive into whatever we're gonna do (laughs) whatever we get into today yeah um you know where i wanted to start actually was uh you had a quote on your website that Mm -hmm. it really caught my eye and it said um this connection between food and love was so constant and genuine that i inherited i inherited it almost wholly as did my parents gene as i did my parents genes and I, I really found that interesting and I wanted to take it back to like when food or cooking became like such a big part of your life. It assu- it seems like it was very young. Um, so it's tricky. I was never one of those kids that actually like loved cooking or like see myself in the kitchen or like, you know, those stories when they're like, oh, I've been sitting on the countertop and cooking. Um, I was never honestly interested in cooking because I feel my mom filled this gap so well and because as a child I was I had to do some kitchen jobs so I didn't find it as like wow magical because like from very young age I remember I was like peeling potato peeling carrots chopping things doing like helping my mom 
Um, and also, I feel like it was kind of like taking for granted that it is our currency of love in the house. So I was like, yeah, you're like, yeah, that's what that's what families do. Um, so I was a late bloomer, I would say, on understanding and realizing that. My, I think, first understanding was actually when I had my own family and I became a mom. And then I was like, I enjoyed feeding my 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 offspring. I enjoyed feeding yeah. my kids. And so my mom, we immigrated to Canada. My mom lives in Israel right now. And so being away from her and having this like blank space of no one feeds me and now I'm feeding, it kind of like took over. And only in my, I would say 30s, I got to this like, I want to make food and I was a big consumer. I always, I worked many years in the food industry before in the hospitality, but like understanding having this like epiphany moment of like, Oh, I want to make food. I want to feed people. Um, I was a late bloomer on that. Yeah. It's interesting to like reflect back on it. Like in the moment, you, you know, mentioning that like you maybe didn't notice that, um, you know that you said cur- lo- like food was the currency of love almost mm-hmm. and like in the moment you're probably not realizing that but then as you like reflect back on it you Definitely. see that yeah what is that like could you dive into that like what do you mean by it being like the currency of love in your household yeah so so we had since like when i'm trying to like go back to my ch- early childhood memories food was always a thing like we had my mom grew food like my mom was the main my parents are together but i'm talking a lot about my mom because she was like the main feeding and nurturing person in our family our dad more of like more of the literature guy and like feeding us with culture and my mom was like feeding us with actual food so anyway (laughs) we had like a lot around food we grew some food we made some food always my both my parents were like engineers and having like busy careers but my mom would wake up in the morning and make sure we always have something to eat when we come back from home she will call every day after school oh did you eat this did you eat that i left you in the fridge and i was like i was annoyed by that i was like of course i ate that i want to survive i will find my food like stop calling me every day i know that you have made food for us so (laughs) i don't know if i'm like going away from the the topic but so like starting with this my parents also used to host often we had like friends over um so like basically like celebrating everything or like everything is around food like you hungry you have food i want to take care of you I'm going to make you food. We want to celebrate something. I'm going to make food. Our neighbor just gave birth. We're going to send her food. So everything like it's kind of like my mom's way. Even she's away physically. It's to make sure that she's with us and we're being taken care. And yeah, so it's like always there, always present in some as a child. I say it was annoying in some points, but now that I am a mother and I am mature, I understand how that was her kind of like, I am with you even though I'm at the office now. I'm with you even though you're living far away. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even even for me growing up, like food is always, again, a way to bring people together. And, and you know, you sit down for a meal. Like mm-hmm. we used to sit down for a family meal. And, you know, I really, again, looking back on my, my childhood, 
was happy that my parents did that. Like, uh, you know, in the moment I probably got a little annoyed with it, but <laughs> yeah. now looking back, it's like, I'm so glad that we did that. And I think you just look at even in North American culture, like obviously food and around holidays and everything is, is very much a, a big thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, I think that's ingrained in I our really culture. I really feel like even trying to analyze deeper on a primitive level, I feel like when we share food, we connect, we take our guards off, we trust each other. We, it's something like on that level, I believe it starts there. And obviously with the culture and us being like advanced animals, quote unquote, but I, I really feel that it starts there. Cause like, um, I have like a very complicated cultural background, but my dad is Ukrainian and I was born in, it was Soviet Union, but now it's Ukraine. But one of the Ukrainian traditions is when you welcome someone, you come with a big loaf of bread and salt and you kind of like offer it to them and they tear a piece and dip in the salt and eat it. And that's like the way of like, welcome to my country, welcome to my culture, to my house. So like, I truly feel, cause without food, we're not gonna survive. So it's like, has so much more deeper connection that we are adding cultural stuff to it, but it's like deep, deeper, it's a deep call. Yeah, for sure. Like we, you're right, we needed to survive. And I do agree like, thinking back to like having just like, and I think there's something to like a home cooked really good meal as well that yeah. brings out that like emotional primitive side of things where like you're really focused in on the people and what you're eating, what you're aware of. Yeah. Um, and I, I miss that from my, from my mom's home cooking. <laughs> you know what I lately in the last week, I started watching old Anthony Bourdain episodes and I'm focusing on a lot of like Italian and Spanish episodes of his because a because of COVID, I think I miss this, like having people over and sharing meals together, but also like, yeah, kind of like this nostalgic feeling of old world. I don't know if that's how we're going to call it, but like I'm, I'm watching that and I'm like, oh, yeah, sharing meals, cooking for someone. And yeah. I'd be interested to hear like, you know, growing up in, in Israel and I know you did. I think you did some traveling around before yeah. you ended up coming over to Canada. How did that influence your perspective on on cooking and, and now what you're mm-hmm. even doing with Kitchen Island um, before you came here? Yeah, um, it definitely did influence because I love food. I love to eat food. So wherever I'm living or traveling, uh, food is the first thing that I'm like interested in, like peeking into other kitchens like oh how you do that or like even going to a grocery store when I'm traveling abroad that's like almost like a museum for me like a cultural um sneak people like oh so that's what you have in grocery stores and that's like your preserved section and so yeah I traveled a lot I lived in different places and definitely took a little bit of everywhere I traveled um consciously or subconsciously I bring it to Kitchen Island and here living in Canada I'm trying to implement it with local ingredients or give it like a local interpretation. Mm. Is there any like places or experiences that stick out in your mind that really influenced your your um, mm-hmm. way of cooking? Ah, that's a good question and it's hard for me to put a finger on something because I lived in lots of multicultural places. So Israel, um, 
in a way similar to Canada, there are lots of immigrants. It's a very young country. It's like only a few decades, not only a few, but like I think 70 something. <laughs> I uh, remember the number, but lots of immigrants and lots of food. So um, living in one place, you get to try so many different cultural um, dishes. So that's one thing that definitely was a main influence. Uh, I traveled in Asia a lot. I've been to India three times and Nepal. Um, and that's like one of my favorite places on earth. So definitely I'm not cooking like very spicy or like uh, food or baked goods, but that's definitely shaped some way in how I see food or like, cause there is like, I traveled a lot in the North part in the Himalayas and you see a local villagers cook with whatever they have. And when you order food, it take about an hour and a half for you to get it because they make everything from scratch. So like this understanding of working with what you have or like creating with what season brings you definitely was um, the seed that later uh, became a plant that I'm uh, watering now. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. It sounds like obviously just the exposure to a diverse like way of of eating or food like well in israel or even traveling to some of these places really influences yeah. like what you do now um coming coming to canada like <clears throat> what i'd be curious to hear like the shift in the culture and mm-hmm. the approach to food here versus how it was at home was mm-hmm. there a difference was it similar how, how was that so there is some similarity because north america is a, a big influence in general, I think in the kind of like Western world, if Israel mm-hmm. can be counted as a Western country. Sorry. Um, but there are definitely a lot of, not a lot, but like differences that obviously can be explained with like different cultures and different like historic culinary. Yeah. Like, yeah, I would say like the culinary history of Canada and different places and other different places and climate and the size of the country. So everything can be explained. I'm doing this a little intro before I'm like, Oh, that's different. And that's different. Right, that's right, right. So like, I do understand why it's different. Uh, but definitely one of the first things that was like very like, shocking to me i would say it's the amount of processed food mm. um not that we don't have that in israel right. uh, but it's like um it's dominating pretty much um restaurant industry like i'm not saying high uh, fine dining and like high-end restaurant but that's like was like wow that's like not a lot of fresh vegetables in israel like for example and again climate we have fresh produce available 10 out of 12 months right but like fast food you have like a pita with falafel but it's full with like veggie salad and cabbage salad and this salad and tahini and you name it and it's all like it's fast food but it's like so healthy um so like that was really big thing for me like processed food you're traveling a little bit like you want to go muskoka or you name it like somewhere outside of the city like there is no way you will, but like very little chances to find something fresh. Um, So that was main thing. Uh, The dominance of big food chains and lack of small independent um, shops or restaurants or like food kiosks, whatever. 
uh, was another thing because like again there are like so many um different cultures that yeah like in Toronto or in Hamilton you can find them but like like I I miss those like local to this city or local to that neighborhood like lots of like McDonald's Wendy's you name it Subway um and last thing I would say is uh portion size Mm. so coming from a generous culture I find here sometimes in North America um you get like that's your portion and that's what you eat whether it's like in my parents house or and that reflect the culture I'm coming from you're like there is way too much food than anyone can possibly eat and that you always will be offered like you finish your plate it must you very hungry have another oh, something yeah. like that's the culture and here I remember when we moved uh, moved here we were invited for our first uh, Canadian meal I won't give too many details because I love them dearly and I know they really loved us and we still um, love each other and we but like you had your mashed potato, your piece of meat, and you finished that. And like the conversation was so good. And I was looking for like, okay, where I'm grabbing some more of that mashed potato. And, and it was it. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I know they they hosted us and they enjoyed and they love us and, and all that. But I was like, oh, I didn't expect that scenario. Yeah. yeah. No, um, that's awesome. It's, so, it's, uh, it's interesting for me because I, I grew up here. And I haven't done a whole lot of traveling to different places. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did like my, my dad's side is Italian. So Mm -hmm. my, my nonna would always be like, yeah, you're familiar. More pasta, more pasta, more (laughs) pasta all the time. Right. So I get that European side of that for sure. Um, But it's interesting to hear you touch on those things. Cause um, you know, I think I would tend to, to agree with that. I think a lot of people make that identification of North America, specifically even like Canada, having a lot of processed foods like mm-hmm. versus having those home cooked meals like from scratch that, mm-hmm. you know, you, your, your mother had made for you growing up. Um, I think it does obviously happen here, but it's not as ingrained in the culture as it would be, you know, over there. And I, I, I like that you did touch on some things that like I wouldn't think about such as climate and like the areas in which certain produce grows and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff so that obviously influences those things but that that makes sense and then the fast food domination yeah yeah it's uh again growing up in it you don't realize it but mm-hmm. when i talk to people from other countries and and even like my girlfriend she's from poland and just less fast food over there compared to here like every corner you could go and basically get something yeah. from fast food right I so. get on my way here i'm guilty of that oh yeah <laughs> on we my all way are. here i was like hustling all, all the day and i'm like yeah i just need to grab something so i went to the nearest <laughs> fast food chain and grabbed the sandwich yeah um you can't avoid that so like i'm not telling you like oh that's wrong and no, i'm doing course, the best thing but um one of my like first shocking moments so when we moved to canada i went to george brown for bacon and pastry and i remember so like mcdonald's for example in israel it is popular but it's like like it's not the first choice someone will go to and it's sometimes even traded with like a little bit of like uh, oh you got mcdonald's McDonald's, (laughs) um so when i went to culinary school and i've seen like during uh between classes kids uh, not kids students would go and and grab mcdonald's and for me coming from being a newcomer and like that was very fresh for me and i'm like 
you're a culinary student like you should be snob about what you're eating are you like really taking mcdonald's um a few years later here i am yeah, <laughs> right? yeah but that was like a moment for me i came home and i told my husband like that was the weirdest thing like culinary student eating mcdonald's yeah um yeah that's, that's uh... um yeah in, in the the uh like the local independent like comment in restaurants i i I would agree with that as well. The cool thing though, and I'm new to Hamilton, new to Dundas. Dundas is a great place. Like there's a lot of mm-hmm. independent local places here. Like if you walk down downtown That's Dundas, right. like you're, you won't find a lot of those big chain and restaurants, which is yeah. really, really cool. Um, but with regards to like you coming to Canada, like when did Kitchen Island become a thing? Has Was that always a goal of yours coming over here or? Um, no, but I would say also a little bit, yes. So, like, I moved here, and that was... Um, so, back in Israel, I, I have a BA in political science. I, wo- I worked in public relations. I had this, like, business, um, office career life, and I kind of, like, got sick of it because um, during university and high school, I always worked in restaurants and hospitality, and I felt this, like, call within me. So, when we decided that we were moving to Canada, I was like, okay, I'm going to be we're like starting fresh and I want to try and do something like that. So like becoming a pastry chef was like always in the back of my mind, but I never had the guts to do it. And I, um, I went to George Brown for their baking and pastry program. And that was the best decision I've ever made. (laughs) But, um, and then I always said like, Oh, in five years I want to have my business and five years I want to have my business and time passed. And I was still saying in five years and five years, and then we moved to Hamilton. I worked in one of um, in a in a bakery here, and I got laid off. And I was looking for something more challenging because I'm like, okay, I'm a little bit bored with making brownies and bars all day. I was like, I not for that. I went for um, a pastry program, and I was like looking for something, and I couldn't find at that point of time something that would be like professionally challenging but also like financially rewarding and so I was going through coaching that time and my coach is like uh why don't you like try do something yeah keep on looking for jobs but on the other hand like maybe try and do one of the things that you wanted and you say that you want to do and I'm like cool two weeks later kitchen island was born two weeks yeah I am this kind of person I can be like uh impulsive like if something clicks in, I'm like diving in Jan. Um, so that's how Kitchen Island was born, actually. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. I realized that like, hell yeah, I'm doing this. Yeah. That, yeah. Sometimes that's the best way to go, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So then from that like moment of, all right, let's do this. Two weeks, Kitchen Island's born. What? Why Kitchen Island? Like why the name? Mm-hmm. And then take me into a little bit of what you guys do offer Mm -hmm. all that fun stuff so the name kitchen island was very natural to me i don't even remember how i came up with this but like in my house the kitchen is the center of my house obviously coming from the background that i i did so even like in my house uh the kitchen is the heart of our house and the kitchen island is the heart of the heart because like yeah we started our mornings there the like breakfast getting sandwiches for kids to school package packing all the like lunch boxes um 
we're doing like coffee breaks there. We're ending up there because like quickly making dinner for kids while doing dishes and all that. Um, so this is where my house revolve around. And also when we have close friends, we end up like sitting at the kitchen island because like we're, we're cooking and then like having some drinks and like that's where the my dearest people are yeah. gathering. And so when I started my business, I wanted to to get this feeling to my clients as if they are sitting at my kitchen island and I'm taking care of them. Like, just come sit. Everything else will be, like, sorted out. Yeah. So it was, like, very natural for me to go with this name. I don't even think remember, like, debating about something else or, like, actually thinking about, like, how should I call my business? No, <laughs> it's just meant to it's be kitchen Island. And I love that. And I, and I, you know, I was taking a look at your website before chatting in. I, I love the website. I love the, the, the story that you share on there. Like you do a really good job of, of, you know, showing the, the brand itself and, mm-hmm. and speaking to people aside of just being like, okay, we have pastries come in. Right. Yeah. And like you talking there about, the kitchen island and how that's like the center of the center of, of everything and yeah. like that makes so much sense to me right and and I love I love that idea I'd be curious to hear how you you know you make that come alive at kitchen island itself mm-hmm. well I'm so happy to hear that because sometimes when I do something I don't know how it's accepted from the other side so I'm really happy that like as a new person to kitchen island you were able to feel that um what do I do um it's tricky because it is like I call it an online bakery. We don't have a storefront yep. yet. We are working on that. Oh, cool. Um, but it's tricky because the connection with people, that's like my fuel. That's what gets me going. And having it online makes it a little bit like two-dimensional or like slightly colder. Um, but I am uh, like, for example, I have regular clients and for like they can order and then all of a sudden I don't hear from them. So I will reach out and ask, and I, and I start with like not pushing, not salesy, not pushing, just like out of curiosity, I used to see your name often on our list. And, and I don't just wondering if you're okay or like what's up. And most of the time these people are being, uh, they're happy because they're like, oh yeah, we're just away or like on a diet <laughs> or you name <laughs> yeah. it. The, um, but like I try always to create a communication even if it's like through social media if someone like leaves a comment or send me a message i will always reply with details and 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 encourage an open communication even if you don't not happy with something or obviously i do mistakes i drop balls here and there it's it's unavoidable but i am owning it and i am speaking sincerely and trying to like really have a communication with people so that's that's like one aspect the other aspect is uh, my team that I really do care about them. I try to pay a little bit over I mean minimum wage. It's hard with small business and starting, but I am trying to like go push a little bit above that. And I try to like make team meals sometimes so we can sit and get to know each yeah. other other than just like, okay, I'm coming by going. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to like, and it's not even trying. It's not. It's coming natural because like, I do care, and food is my way to care for people. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Um, I think those two things are, are huge. Like communication is is so key. Whether yeah. it's like communicating amongst your team or, 
um, communicating to the, your, your, uh, people that you're serving. So, you know, that's something we really value here. Like mm -hmm. we, we have a kind of a list of, uh, standards that we have that are, that hang up on our wall at, uh, mm -hmm. in our, in our team room. And one of them is communicate with clarity and, and that's really important to us. So I love that that's something that, that you yeah. build in. Cause I agree. And, and just like caring, like you say, it comes naturally. Cause I can tell that's the type of person you are. And I think that's <laughs> similar to, to us here. And, it is important to just care about the individual and right. make sure that they're doing okay and, you know, checking in on them, not just to like refill their pastries, which is nice, yeah. but making sure that they're okay as people is, is yeah. important, right? Yeah. And definitely communication is a key ingredient in everything. Like every single aspect of life, communicate well and you can overcome everything. Like even when I'm hiring stuff, um, I'm highlighting how much it's important for me because like that's okay you can you don't feel like coming to work or you're sick or whatever just like let me know in advance so I can arrange the schedule that way that nothing like we're not dropping another ball but just like communicate with me you want to take time off perfect I encourage like life and and work balance like just as long as we are open and I will let you know if I'm planning like take a vacation and closing the business for a little bit. And I'll tell you as soon as I know, I'm not going to keep it like, right. so yeah, communication is the key for everything in life. Yeah, I believe. I agree. Yeah. Um, what are, what are some of the, the fan favorites that you make? Oh, what are your hits? <laughs> top hits? Okay. We have a few. It's funny. So like it's our second year. Um, and I love to see how naturally things are like carving their niche. So definitely the cinnamon twists are, are, I would say the best selling pastry. Um, I learned, so our main thing is the assorted pastry box. The, it's the Sunday delivery. So it's include sweet and savory pastries and it's rotating every week we have different flavors according to the season uh, availability of ingredients you name it so that's very popular and i noticed that savory pastries in general like people really love that and we don't have a lot but like the stars are the cinnamon twists uh our chocolate and tahini brownies which and, is what you brought you brought those uh, no i brought you the chocolate chip and tahini cookies which oh, are definitely yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely like up these there. are the three top sellers and like people just like love about them yeah love them yeah yeah um in your opinion what makes a good pastry that's a really good question i really love this question um i would say it's when the whole is greater than the sum of of its parts and it's always like a combination, like what makes a great team that you have different people who bring different skills. Same with with pastry. It's the combination of texture. I really pay attention to texture. So you have something crunchy or something chewy uh, and something soft and something creamy. I try to like have all that. So it's like texture, different flavors, um, dough and filling ratio. Because if you have too much dough, it's boring. If you have too much filling, it's like overflowing and um, so yeah, so com the combination of these components uh, in one world, it's balance between everything. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, there's always gotta be like a, a balance, but yet a combination of different things that bring it all together. Yeah. I feel, and you know, we've actually funny enough, we've talked to a lot of 
like restaurant related people on the podcast mm-hmm. recently. And it, that seems to be a very, you know, common theme is like intentionally picking ingredients that are, you know, like we just, um, had, uh, Rebecca on from, um, fish bones fish market, mm-hmm. which is in town here. And she's like ethically sources all our fish. And then we had, uh, Smithers sausage um we had them on and they were talking yeah. about like the whole fresh ingredients that they use in their sausage right yeah just, you know, i love them we work together oh blood. nice yeah. yeah the ingredients is just and the intention behind them are so important and i love that you know you take the time to think about that and all these people that we've talked to mm-hmm. take the time to to think about those things when they put them in their their products definitely because in my um approach like and especially when I'm like when I started a business, but now what then I'm working towards a brick and mortar shop. I want to have, and it might sound braggy, but like not less than great pastries or food or whatever I'm offering. There is no medium, or at least that's what I'm striving to. Of course, there will be sometimes mediums, but like, and and putting thoughts into the ingredients, it's it's the key for that because like if you're using crappy ingredients don't expect to get like an awesome croissant right you need to have your butter you need to have a good flour you need time um so like everything i like even when i'm chopping the vegetables or fruits or whatever i'm thinking about my client and a bite size like i want them to enjoy it and not just like have like a piece falling off or like something weird so like every single step I think about the final product and the final client. Mm, I love that. And I think that is a very underappreciated thing sometimes by people who consume things. Cause I, for myself, right. I think we take that for granted. Like, you know, when you mm-hmm. have something that you put in your mouth and it's so delicious mm-hmm. and it has all of those textures and everything you're talking about, we think it just like magically appeared. Mm-hmm. But the people on the other end, such as yourself, is, are intentionally doing things to make that experience so great. Yeah. Um, and I think we sometimes don't think about that. I know for myself and the more that I talk to different people and just look at even just in different industries, whether mm-hmm. it be food or fitness or whatever it may be like when you have that excellent top notch experience, it's because people put the intention and the effort into creating that and 100%. that shouldn't go un- unnoticed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we do have as human beings, I feel this tendency to notice what's not so good or like oh this is like this plate is a little dirty this thing is a little bit too salty but when it's smooth and great it's just like okay it was great yeah and yeah i can go and tell my girlfriend about this like awesome experience i had but it's just like we will tend to like complain more than the others I way agree. Yeah. yeah um oh i had a question okay yeah so um <laughs> you know you touched on noticing um you know having bigger kind of box stores or bigger Mm -hmm. like corporate type industries and you know one thing we were kind of talking about before we recorded was how the culture of of food or even the restaurant industry is kind of shifting a little bit Mm -hmm. what do you mean by that and is that related to the fact of like having more of these independent type restaurants such as yourself come into play or be more Mm -hmm um sought after by individuals or is there are there another aspect to that i feel there are shifts currently happening that started a little bit before and we're like kind of like live through them as we are um 
creating. Um, the main two things that I feel changing is a phasing out of like um, toxic and abusive abusive kitchen culture that was very um, status quo in the 90s and before. And I feel, yes, maybe the independent small business owners that were burned by this when they worked for the big guys uh, coming... Well, I'm talking, I'm telling my, I was like, I worked in some really nasty places where I feel, I consider myself a tough person. Like, yeah, I'm friendly, I'm smiley, I'm positive, but like, I've been to military. I know like a thing or two about like dealing <laughs> with stuff. Um, but in, yeah, and one of the things that when I started my business and I feel talking with other fellow entrepreneurs, um that's one thing that like yeah i'm doing my own little thing and i'm gonna implement what i don't want in my culture so definitely that's like fading out of that and focus on mental health in this high stress demanding industry because it is a very demanding industry like bakery for example mm -hmm. we start like 4 30 in the morning on the on the baking days yeah you don't get a lot of sleep that night before and you coming home, for me, I have a family, so my kids don't really care that their mom woke up at 3 a.m. No I need cares. to wear my mom hat totally. and be this like, ha ha, hi. <laughs> um, so that, and long hours, physical, you carry heavy stuff, you you have to stay positive always, even if like someone, sorry, give you shit, yeah. you have to like smile and, and and understand and being this like positive person if you want to stay in business. Um, and yeah, so I feel like there is more and more focus on mental health and creating this balance of work and life and understanding that you can't run marathon, you know, if you're not like well prepared or like maintaining your body mm. the way it needs. Yeah, and that's it's interesting you bring that up because again, going reflecting back on some of our other guests, um, that's something that they brought up as well. Like, I know they, you know, they've had some stories probably similar to yours where they worked long hours and maybe weren't working in the best environment, and they're on a mission now to create an environment that is positive, isn't solely focused on mm -hmm. like working their people to the bone and, and giving them an opportunity to have a a career working for someone like you. So. Um, it's awesome that that's shifting and mm -hmm. it, it's obviously because people have maybe been mistreated and they're like, well, there's gotta be a different way to do this. Absolutely. And it's exciting to see people um, innovating and, and putting themselves out there to change and shift mm -hmm. that way yeah. of, of doing things. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I really hear that a lot from, as I mentioned from my other like business buddies um, and, and a fellow entrepreneur, especially in the food industry that it is important for them to like make that change and maintain it not just like oh we're gonna do it different but then like actually actions are not matching the words people really do care about like changing it and treating employees better and and creating this inclusive environment yeah and, and i know again another thing we were chatting about before was just um the idea of like women in in the mm -hmm. food industry and, and kind of starting to take more of a lead in that role mm -hmm. and, and i'm i'm pretty separate from the food industry obviously um but i'm assuming that that probably 
maybe wasn't always the case and and now that's coming more to the forefront which is great and, and just again reflecting back on some of the conversations i've had with people in the food industry on this podcast yeah you know i all of them were were women or a, or mm-hmm. a woman was part of l- yeah. leading that charge. So it's obviously something that's shifting in, in the kitchen culture, I guess. A hundred percent. Yeah, I've uh, I've listened to some of the female that you <laughs> interviewed here. Some of them are a uh, friend of mine, friends of mine. But it's I think a hundred percent has. Um, are you right about that? Because like historically, the culinary world was dominated by male um and now with bigger changes our society is going through more women get to lead and more women get to have their say in the kitchen and i definitely feel that it's um women lead most of the women lead differently than men we i think like i'm very generalizing here and i'm sorry i don't mean to hurt anyone and i think i hope it will be understood in a best possible way but i feel like women are less competitive, less ego-driven, more inclusive, more compassionate, more attentive. Um, That's what I hope I will be as a leader um, and as a a business owner. And I see, I see like, so a very personal story, not very personal, but like uh, Smithers sausages yeah. that you interviewed. So Andrea, she's a pastry chef, okay. uh, yeah, and yeah. we worked together. She was my boss for oh, a short time. That's awesome. Yeah. And one time, um, I was making a batch of croissants and I forgot to put salt, which is very important. I'm not going to go into chemistry, but it's very important for the yeast. And so I ruined a whole batch of croissants, which take about two or three days to make. Yeah. And I was not like, a little mistake. Yes. <laughs> And I was like, we we came that morning. We saw that they didn't proof well. They taste off. And I was like almost about to like hide under the table and get the pile of shit that I was this think I deserve because like yeah, I yeah. ruined the whole. And she's like, that's cool. As long as you didn't burn the kitchen, we can we'll fix that. Yeah. And I'm like looking at her with my eyes while like, are you sure you're not going to yell at me? Are you sure you're like, okay. And that was like one moment that i she knows that i I always say and i will remember forever and it was like one of the things that i took like it's just food Mm. yeah we might like messed an order and we might do something very terrible and we might like a client might get mad at us and they might be right but bottom line it's just food it's not like people's life i am not a surgeon i'm not having a patient on a table with an open heart so we can fix everything. So that's like definitely something that I experienced from her, from Andrea, and I am strongly trying to like go by that. Relay that, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, it, and you know, uh, I agree. I think there's like between men and women, there's just qualities and different ways of, of how we, we do things. And I think all those things that you listed off, you know, I agree that, that a lot of those traits women tend to, to kind of, express more and and one thing that i i think about a lot as as a leader here as as an owner is you know taking all of the what i would say important qualities of leadership are and a lot of them are what you hit on there Mm -hmm. and making sure that i'm expressing those to the people that that work here and i think you can take a lot of different qualities from different male female different Mm -hmm. different areas and and combine them together to make 
this great way of doing something and that example that you just gave is like yeah. is, is, a, is a great example right yeah. and trying to make sure that she doesn't make you feel bad you know you messed up yeah. right you understand the consequences of that it's like hey it happens let's move forward yeah. make sure we don't do it again and go yeah, from there right definitely and and that's how it should that's how it should be i think absolutely yeah. just for the record i had many awesome male oh, employers yeah. and mentors and whatever yeah totally. so I'm, I'm, I'm not trashing no i know um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, it, and and if people take that away it's that's okay that's their thoughts <laughs> I, I i know you're not doing that cool Thanks. um yeah. yeah and it's awesome again it's awesome to see everyone but obviously you know women rising to do the things that they want to do and pursue things and have the opportunities that they can in the, mm-hmm. the kitchen industry or the food industry again we've I've talked to quite a few women entrepreneurs and in the food industry that are doing amazing things mm-hmm. and, that, and that's that's so awesome to see right yeah um i wanted to touch on one other thing before we get to the rapid fire questions yeah. um and I'm, and I'm blanking on the name. I'm trying to pull it up on my phone here so I don't mess it up. Um, you do uh, the Wish Heart Fund. Yes. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Um, yeah. So one of the things that I'm trying to implement in my business, and that's part of like caring for my clients and caring for the community I'm in, is to do some uh, charity and to donate because I feel like, like I strongly believe in be good and do good and if I can help someone I got a lot of help as an immigrant as an as a rookie business owner I always got like amazing people that helped me so I'm trying to like share from my success or or knowledge or experience and in this case it's it's the fundraiser we're doing for the wish heart foundation um, I was looking to do something in February to like help raise awareness and and collect some money. I, we won't be able to do like a lot because we are a very small business, but even whatever we can will be helpful. So uh, Maria, the organizer or the founder, um, she she was a client of Kitchen Island, and that's how I got to know about this uh, foundation. Um, and we started chatting. I saw she was she had before before the new year she had some fundraiser and i told her like i'll be very happy to do something with you after christmas and new year's craziness um and we came up with this idea so in the month of february we were uh promoting our our bestseller um cinnamon twist and with the intention of to donate 10 percent of the sales by the end of the month to her uh fund organization that helps kids in McMaster's, kids with cancer. Um, she had a personal experience with her child. And as a mother, um, I can only imagine what it feels like when you have a little kid. Like, I'm becoming emotional just thinking about that. Mm-hmm. So, like, I said, whatever I can do, and A, to w- raise awareness, that's why we're doing it for the whole month and not just one week, and also to be able to collect as much as possible. Um so yeah, uh, so we did that. We did last year with uh, BIPOC organization. We also like collected collected donations and 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 get and supported a local um, organization. I forgot the name. I'm sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's very important for me 
to give back to the community I'm part of. I really feel like synergy is the key for our success. Totally. And I think why we, we love this podcast and why I, you know, I continue to want to connect and meet other people is I think there's a lot of good stuff like that going on in mm-hmm. this area that needs to continue to be, be highlighted. Right. And I love to hear, like, I love to learn about this foundation because now it's like, okay, cool. Who can I go talk to? Exactly. Right? Like, and, and there's just a lot of really good stuff going on. So, I and I that. even like on the website and in the posts I'm posting about that. I'm like, if you don't feel like having a pastry, don't. You can go and donate straight at their website. Like, yeah. I'm not trying to, like, I don't know. like. But but you want a pastry because they're delicious. But I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> if you don't want a pastry, just donate. Yeah. The cause is <laughs> It's the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. it's not like, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, let's move into some rapid-fire questions. Yes. So what... In, in this, I, the more I ask this question, I feel like it's a little bit unfair. But, what are some of your favorite restaurants in the local area? Uh-huh. So I haven't ate lately outside a lot because of kids and business and pandemic. Uh, but um, one of my favorite is Born and Raised. Uh, my husband and I had one of the best um, meals there for one of our birthdays. So that's definitely. Uh, there is this, um, it's called Noodle and Dumpling on King Street. It's like no social media, no website, nothing. It's like an old guy, Chinese guy, who is like making everything from scratch. And that's like by far my favorite place. Nice. Just like, because like I've been a lot during the pandemic having like takeout. Yeah. So that was like one of our favorite. Uh, so that's definitely... Um, I would say, yeah, I love the French. I love, what else? The mule. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. It's really hard to, like, come up with a few. But, like, definitely Born and Raised was, like, one of our first um, culinary experience in Hamilton and one of the most memorable. Awesome. Um, What is one of, and again, this may be a little unfair, but your favorite pastries that you've made? Whoa. It depends on like what what aspect we're judging from. Definitely nailing uh croissants is like something that I'm really proud of. It's it's com- it's a relatively simple pastry considered to be but there is a lot of labor into that and a lot, a lot of like particular temperature, texture. If it's a little bit like that, then it won't be smooth. If it's a little bit like this. So like nailing all these like um, steps to make it was um, a personal success. What else? I'm a savory person. So like I'm pretty happy and proud of all my savory pastries. Like we have the bagel bone, which is like, a pretzel dough stuffed with cream cheese and olives and a bagel bomb topping, which is very popular. Uh, I have a cabbage roll. It's like shaped like like cinnamon bun, like it's rolled, but we have like bechamel sauce, sauteed cabbage, uh, candied walnuts, and then you roll it and like it's just like crunchy and a little bit sweet and creamy and um yeah <laughs> yeah so, those, those all sound right up my alley <laughs> i'm a savory guy um what is your favorite way to stay active in the local community 
active like physically yeah, active physically active <laughs> oh my god i'm ashamed to say um i'm so behind on that but when i do good body feel it's my go-to well they haven't had in-person classes since the pandemic they had like short two weeks between january last january uh lockdown and um yeah so in december they had a couple of weeks and i attended um their r&b pilates have you heard of that no i've never well i've heard of pilates but not r&b pilates. oh my god so like here is robin i love you you're my uh everything you know that but like robin is a cult leader in a best possible way and r&b pilates it's like the mecca of that so it's like a fun class she's a she's a character she is like social activist so she gives you that in the classes but then the religious part of it it's the screaming squats obviously you have like nice r&b through the through the class but the screaming squats it's when like (laughs) just let it all out so like we all it's mostly women let's be honest we all like doing the squats and like each time you're going down you just like scream from the top of your leg it's like ah and when it's like a group of people doing at the same time same beat it is purifying oh i can imagine just purifying i'm like so i did that (laughs) two times in the past two years and that's just pretty much it. I am I am going for a walks here and there. Nice. But I need I I need I need I need to do more of that. You're gonna the uh, the team here is gonna catch me in the middle of the uh, the gym doing a squat and just yelling out as loud as I can now. <laughs> it's 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 amazing. Get sure. them get them on board and do it together. Do it. They will thank that's you. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, Who is one person that you think we should talk to on the podcast? Robin. <laughs> okay. Robin from Good Body Feel. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, she is the owner and uh, I guess like the the person who leads that. I think she's amazing. She is a very much a local mover shaker. She is not afraid to like um, say things that needs to be said mm-hmm. sometimes or um, she's talking a lot about like privileges and... and everything like she's she's a social justice fighter and she's amazing and the way she incorporate that into like her studio of pilates and yoga and you name it and i definitely feel like she's standing out cool um yeah yeah and then last question that we ask everyone is like what does move local mean to you uh i would say inspiration like so when we moved to Canada, we lived in Toronto for many years, not many, but like four or five years. And then we moved to Hamilton and I find Hamilton community inspiring a, the, the entrepreneur on the entrepreneurial level. Uh, there are so many people from different disciplines, different industries that I draw inspiration from. I love to see how people work, how they put their systems, how they do their stuff. And, sometimes take a little bit from what they do and like implement to my business, to my industry. So definitely I find it inspirational. That's like the one, if I have one word, it's like, yeah. I love it. Moving local is inspiring. I love it. If, uh, if anyone wants to get a pastry, whether it be savory, sweet or anywhere in between, okay. Where do they order? 
<laughs> so I invite everyone to follow us on Instagram. It's Kitchen Island. And our website is www.kitchenisland.ca. Currently, we're offering Sunday deliveries. Uh, our pre-order is Tuesday to Thursday. And on Sunday, you're getting freshly baked, uh, baked goods on arriving at your door. Um, we are working towards having a storefront. I don't know when this episode will be aired, but hopefully early summer. Nice. Uh, I'm still keeping most of the details secret, but we're going to have. And then our pastry will be much more available. I know with deliveries, it's awesome and it's spoiling you. But also it can be tricky because we have like a delivery window and some people are like they have to leave in certain points. So there are ups and downs to everything pretty much. But um, but yeah, we soon will be much more available. We are having pop-ups and that's why I encourage you to follow us on social media because that's where we post um, upcoming events or pop-ups or collaborations or stuff like that. So yeah, follow us on social media, visit our website and come to our store. We'll always smile and we'll be happy to have you. Awesome. Alex, thanks so much for taking the time. Like it's been great to, to get to know you, hear the story. Um, you know, it's, it's obvious that this is in your genes. It's <laughs> obvious that food is the way that you speak love to other people. Um, and, and I'm excited to just, you know, see the, the business grow and have the storefront come in and have another way to interact with the community. And, um, I love, I love this conversation. So thank you for taking the time. Thank you for having me. And honestly, thank you for having this platform for local shakers and movers to come and, and tell a little bit more about themselves and creating this community of, yeah. So you're doing a great job and thank you as well. Awesome. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thank you.